19-year-old Aubrey Pollard, 17-year-old Carl Cooper, and 17-year-old Fred Temple were shot to death inside a city motel on Detroit's west side July 26, in what is now known as the Algiers Motel incident. Aubrey Pollard would probably still be alive if he had only listened to his mother. Thelma Pollard is Aubrey's sister. He had come home that Tuesday morning, and my mama, my mom noticed that he had been in some sort of confrontation. So he explained to her that uh, he had gotten into a confrontation with the police officers at some sort of motel that he was hanging in. She says Aubrey had been beaten up pretty bad. He had bruises on his face and arms, and his mother warned him not to go back to that motel. She said, if they beat you up the night before, they'll come back tonight and kill you. But Aubrey Pollard did go back, and it cost him his life. Early that Wednesday morning, the Algiers Motel was stormed by three branches of law enforcement, the National Guard, Michigan State Troopers, and the Detroit Police. One Michigan State Trooper later said the raid was chaotic. The first thing he saw when he entered the motel was a dead body. Other people were lined up against a wall and shots were being fired. He says it was such a confusing scene that his commanding officer ordered his unit to leave. Lee Forsythe was staying at the motel when the police stormed the building. He says he ducked into a room and hollered out to let officers know he was there. What happened next, he said, was terrifying. And I could see him kicking the door open and firing shots. And all of a sudden he got to me and he opened the door and he pointed the shotgun at me and it, it just didn't fire. He was, it didn't have a shell. Forsythe was taken out of the room and led down the stairs where he saw the body of Carl Cooper. This is my friend. This is my best friend. So I break over to see Carl. And like I was telling you, I heard his last breath. Forsyth was lined up against a wall with some other people and taunted and tortured by the police. He says an officer took him inside a room and told him to scream like he was being beaten badly. Forsyth was sent out of the room. Then it was Aubrey Pollard's turn. He was taken into the room, but he didn't come out. Aubrey was saying, Mr. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, because he had broke, he had broke his rifle hitting Aubrey. And he said, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. But we heard something, and then we heard a boom. And then we didn't hear Aubrey no more. Forsythe says the police came out of the room and whispered to one another before telling everybody to leave. Forsythe says another man, Fred Temple, asked to go back to his room and get his shoes. Officers told him he could, and Temple walked off. It was the last time anyone would see him alive. Forsythe and a friend ran to Carl Cooper's house to tell his family what happened. That friend would call Aubrey Pollard's family later. None of the victim's families would ever hear from the police, and it would be days before a police report was even filed in the deaths. But an investigation was launched. Moments after the shooting, the owner of the Algiers Motel called the home of Congressman John Conyers. Conyers Field Representative Arthur Featherstone answered the phone. We received a telephone call the early morning hours of this incident, and Mr. McPie, who was the owner of the Algiers Motel, had indicated to us that his motel had been fired on, had been stormed, and some young people was killed. Featherstone says he never believed the story that there were snipers at the Algiers. The story that was told to me and Congressman Conyers was that uh, 
There were some young African-American men in the rooms with some young white ladies from uh, Ohio. They had been outside to get the supplies they needed for the night, the beer and the cookies and whatever else, potato chips. And they were seen going in the motel, these couples. And I guess it kind of infuriated the police because they indicated there was some shots were fired from the motel. And Mr. McPie said that was not true because there was nobody in the motel that had a gun other than a person on the desk at the motel. Featherstone says he hung up the phone and told Conyers what had happened. Then Featherstone left for the motel. When he got there, activist James Del Rio and State Senators Coleman Young and Basil Brown were already there. Featherstone says what they saw literally made them sick to the stomach. It looked like something that goes on in Baghdad. Blood. Everything shot up. Tumble up. Bodies made you sick. I'm still sick. Later that afternoon, the Wayne County Prosecutor's Office received a tip. An attorney provided information on two white girls who were at the Algiers Motel that morning. More inquiries were made, and first-degree murder charges were filed against Detroit police officers Ronald August and Robert Paley. August originally lied about what happened, but would later claim he killed Aubrey Pollard in self-defense. Paley would make statements implicating him in the murders. Those statements were eventually thrown out as inadmissible, because the homicide detectives had failed to read him his rights. The charges against Paley were dropped. No one would ever be charged in the deaths of Carl Cooper and Fred Temple. It was never determined who killed them. The National Guard, state troopers, and Detroit police gave conflicting statements as to who was at the motel first and who did what. The Ronald August case received so much attention in the black community that defense attorneys filed a motion for a change of venue. The state Supreme Court appointed Oakland County Circuit Court Judge William Beer to the case. Beer filed a motion to try the case in Mason City, Michigan, a town with a 95% white population. The trial lasted nearly six weeks. The jury found Ronald August not guilty. The Algiers Motel incident helped change the city of Detroit. It galvanized the black community and spearheaded a political activism that would result in the election of Coleman Young seven years later as Detroit's first black mayor. But this is of little comfort to Thelma Pollard, who sees Aubrey Pollard's life as a tragic tale of what could have been. He was really a gifted artist. And if he had just someone just to believe in him and support him, he could have gone. Could've... <laughs> I'm Heidi Osgood.